and welcome to Miss Bossy Boots, keeping it real for women in business. My name is Stacey Morgan. It's very early in the morning as we're recording with my always getting up early, crazy, a little bit psycho, Jane Hilsden. <laughs> wow, I have got you up too early this morning. That was, that was an interesting introduction, but I'll run with it. I am a little bit crazy. You are a little bit crazy. And the reason we're recording at 4am is because Jane needs to be at the pool swimming at 545 yeah. And then walking the dog and then getting her kids ready for school. You like live a whole day before the day starts, Jane. I really do. And in fact, yesterday I was heading to my third meeting of the day at 10.30 in the morning. And I did have a slight reflection and think, my goodness, like, because again, I'd, I'd been up since four. So I'd got a couple of hours work done, um, you know, a, a sprint session on the bike a board meeting that started at seven, straight into another meeting and then straight into another meeting. It was 10.30. I was like, it feels like it should be about two o'clock mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Yep. But I'm so glad that it's only 10.30 because I've still got so much to get done today. <laughs> and that's why. That's why I get up at four. Well, I can call you absolutely crazy because most of the time I call you that with admiration because I'm like, yes, my friend Jane gets up at 4 a.m. She's a superhuman. And then Jane says, we're recording at 4 a.m. And I go, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh but funny. here we are. It is a beautiful time. The sun is about to come up. So I, I am appreciative that you got me up at this crazy hour. Oh, good, good, good. Let's start with uh, some of our favourite things. What's going on in your world, Jane? Oh, look, I have had to write a list of my favourite things over the last couple of weeks because, of course, I think about them all the time and then as soon as we get to um, recording, I completely go blank. Um, So there's a few things on my list and maybe I will choose um, the storytelling workshop that I've started um, in the last week or so. Um, and it's teaching me how to tell stories. It's with Bernadette Jiwa, um, who is the, what, what's the book that she authored? Haven't you read that? Or is it just Macca that's read that? Uh, it's Macca It's about storytelling. Uh, yep. It's not brand story or it's something story like brand. that. Anyway, that's I'll probably, yes, I'll probably, I'll just Google that while I'm, yeah. um, while <laughs> I'm talk, talking. You talk because about I haven't it read that. I haven't read that, but Macca has. I've downloaded the audio book, but I haven't read it now that oh, you say that. Oh, maybe I should do that. She's Australian, but like sh- her and Seth are tight as. Um, and because I'm a Seth Godin um, fan girl, I just, you know, anyone that's associated with him is a friend of mine. Um, so, and it's and it's him as well. So it's Seth Godin and, and Bernadette Jiwa. And. Um, I must say, I was pu- I, I actually got hold of a couple of her resources as well because, um, you know, obviously she's the host of the workshop and introduces herself and talks about her personal story. And I stumbled across a resource of hers. It was actually one of her most um, read and clicked on blog posts ever. And um, it was about um, the importance of your About Us page on your website and it was how to write you know, a really compelling about us page. Anyway, so of course, as soon as I had finished listening to her little spiel, I went and Googled Bernadette Jiwa about us um, to, to read what the fuss was all about with this with this blog post. And of course, now she's monetized the whole situation and, and um, 
the the introduction is there about how important it is to to have a great about us page but then you have to actually pay 37 us for the well essentially what she has now turned into an e-guide and i was yeah. oh i deliberated for a couple of days because i have really been enjoying her stuff in this this workshop that she's been doing and i was like oh can a resource about an about page be worth 37 us dollars i was yeah, like that's my, my first thought my book is like 35 australian dollars and it's a whole book it's like 260 pages and this is like a 10 page ebook about a one page on your website having said that as someone who's always got my head in people's google analytics i know that the about us page is definitely the most read page on pretty much everybody's website so i was like Meh, well she probably is you know probably is worth it anyway curiosity got the better of me and i did download it and i must say uh yes it was it oh is it worth 37 dollars I don't know about, about the pricing, but it was certainly worth paying for the information. Like it was a really, really um, compelling piece. And just very briefly so I can share that, share my learnings with, with you guys. Um, so she kind of talks about the, and Bernadette is obviously very big on storytelling. So obviously that's, uh, you know, the, the style of, of the About Us page. But she talks about the importance of incorporating your your values within your About Us page and making sure, not that you just list your values, our values are blah, 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 but in your, in your copy, you know, make sure that your values are really, really um, obviously written and, and, and that, that the copy is using your values to differentiate you from your competition. I thought that was very, very, very powerful. I did, and I thought, well, that's not something I've done, so I'll do that. Then she said to use testimonials on your About Us page. And again, I thought, like all the stuff that she talked about, I've got on my website, but it wasn't on my About page. Yeah. So I'm I was just like, a note now. And I was like, God, that's simple. <laughs> that's such a simple, like, again, yeah, like it's all there on my website and any website that, that we kind of work on. But it makes complete sense to make sure that all of that, if, if the About Us page is the most visited, you know, page on your website outside of your home page, it completely makes sense to have it there. Because again, you know, from what I see on Google Analytics, a lot of the time people go to the About page, sorry, the Home page, the About page, and then sometimes the, the Contact page, you know, how to, how to contact, unless you're actually driving people to your site with dynamic content like blogs. So... So the, the storytelling aspect um, of Bernadette Jiwa and her various resources are my favourite thing. What about yourself? Oh, I'm so wrapped up in thinking about how crappy my About Us page is and I forgot I what my favourite thing was. <laughs> um, I, I haven't spent any time on my About Us page. I wrote it. 10 mm. years ago before the business started and we got a new website, but I just copied and pasted it. Like it wasn't, <laughs> I haven't put any thought into it. And I actually think it's my LinkedIn bio as well. Like I think it's the same text. Ah. Done this, Stacey's done that. Stacey's done this. Ah, okay. School. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. Well, Excuse time for an update. I, yeah. Pause the <laughs> podcast to go and sort my life out on my about <laughs> us page. No, that's awesome, Jane. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, my favourite thing. 
My favorite thing at the moment is my morning routine as I've just bitched and moaned for a little while about having to get up so early. Um, <laughs> I've got myself into a bit of a swing of mm-hmm. getting up around the 5.25 mark. Yeah. Not 4 o'clock like you, crazy. Um, but 5.25 is working for me and I've done it for a year now. I've just clocked over my year year anniversary. Um, oh, so, wow. Wow. Yeah. It's been that long. Wow. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying you. I've done it every single day. No, no. Um, well, neither do I. But you just do it whenever you can. Yeah. And so that, um, I've also been really trying my best to, before I go, because I get this time in the morning to myself, which I'm very appreciative of. Heath gets the kids up and starts the breakfast process while I'm doing work. Mm. But before I go upstairs, I used to kind of go straight from, you know, all like really in-depth work straight upstairs to the kids. And, mm. and you know, that that's like a freight train. You're on the train and the yeah. train is <laughs> But what I've been doing at least for the last six months is before I go upstairs, so like leaving my desk at 10 to 7, yeah. going outside. And okay. just standing outside and taking a breath. And you know this is the, like this is not me at all. And people who know me and listening to this going, she hates nature, what she does <laughs> outside. But just going outside and taking a breath, if it's really cold in the morning, like taking that in and, you know, waking up the senses with that kind of thing. Nice. In summer it's beautiful because you go, oh, okay, this is what the day is like. Now I know what I'm going to wear. <laughs> and I don't know, just taking was that mindfulness? Yeah, to be there, and then I go upstairs and get caught in the. Ah! Yeah, me. Yeah, took my socks. All of the things, all those fun <laughs> things. Oh, I know those fun things. I must say, I'm a bit the same. Kev does the morning run. Like we're both here for breakfast and getting kids organised and all that sort of stuff. After one of us comes back from exercise. And then um, Kev does the run to school and then I'll do the, the pick-up um, after school. Anyway, Kev was away a couple of days this week and I did the run to school. And same thing, by 9 o'clock or 8.30 usually I drop them off, I was just like, oh, my gosh, the peace and quiet when I had actually deposited three arguing children. <laughs> And now because it's, they're just also obsessed about, you know, what I'm getting for Christmas and how I can, you know, manipulate this the most to get, you know, as much money as I can to go towards my new iPhone 11. And I'm just like, um, oh, my gosh, you privileged little buggers. <laughs> Feel like giving them all a lump of coal in their um, stockings this year. They're you just- should all, you should buy them all a goat. You know how you can buy a goat in a yeah um, in another country and buy a goat and two things yep. of potatoes and and be like, doesn't it feel there good? We go. Doesn't it feel good to give? Children? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure give, sour, they will give. Your sour teenage daughters oh would, would never, you'd, you'd have to pay for that for weeks. They'll serve up, yes, yes. I was going to say I'll definitely get the gift of something and it'll be a big <laughs> mouthful of vitriol. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, speaking of building resilience in our teenagers and um, in ourselves, today we're yes. talking about grit, mm. a topic that I love I love to get stuck into. I actually just 
was tagged in this beautiful TED talk that one of my ex students yes. did. Um, oh at, yes, I think I saw you show that. Yeah, at TEDx Gold Coast, TEDx Rabina. Amazing. She now owns her own dancing school. I taught her when she was little. Um, she's not little anymore. Uh, she runs a podcast. Her podcast is Balanced Ballerinas. Georgia, you're a legend. Um, shout out to you. But she did her TED talk on grit, and I thought, oh, isn't that wow. so so cool? Um, so today, when Jane, you said you wanted to talk about it on the back of it being one of your favourite things, I thought, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So you can launch us off. Well, this one was as a result of Louise Shuttleworth who had, um, I think, recommended this as one of the audio books that she had recently downloaded in the Miss Miss Bossy Boots podcast. Thanks, Louise, Um, because you often throw some recommendations in there and... um, in our this, Facebook group. In the Facebook group, yes. Well, join and if you haven't already. Yes. No, it's um, it's really helpful. I really love it when people throw in some recommendations for, you know, podcasts or books to read, books to listen to. Anyway, so I did download Grit. I haven't actually read the whole thing. Um, sorry, because it was an audio book, so I haven't listened to the whole thing. The last little bit that I listened to, which was which has probably been the most compelling so far, um, has been the notion of deliberate practice. Mm-hmm. And this one really, really um, t- uh, piqued my interest because I think it was because of the example that she gave. And she spoke, the author, and I can't remember her name. Gosh, I'm full of all the details this morning, aren't I? Um, <laughs> So she she speaks about a, um, you know, the notion of, and, and you mentioned it before when we were just quickly catching up before this, this podcast, um, and I think she even mentions the Malcolm Gladwell theory of 10,000 hours. And for those of you who haven't read Outliers, a book by Malcolm Gladwell, um, he talks about people becoming an expert at what they do once they have actually completed 10,000 hours of doing what they do. And he cites, you know, the Beatles and, um, you know, Bill Gates and a whole stack of people where people have probably just assumed that, oh, they were just there at the right time and got lucky. But actually, no, he says, you know, they did in excess of of 10,000 hours and worked really hard to get where where they are. And that notion too has always, always stuck with me. And, and like you, Stace, I kind of say to my kids all the time, whenever they ask, you know, why is that person so good at that? How did that person get so good at that? You know, if it's a sports person or whatever. And it's like, but they practice, practice 10,000 hours. You do your practice and you, you become good at what you do. Yep. Anyway, it, it extends from that notion and it's not just about doing the 10,000 hours, it's about deliberately trying within that 10,000 hours to get better. And the example that she used, which I think resonated so well, was she had said to this person who had kind of suggested it to her, um, well, you know, I run every day. Like it's, it, you know, I don't get better and I think it was around that kind of if you're just doing the stuff 10, 000, for 10,000 hours, it doesn't actually help much because she was going well I run every day I've run every day for the last five years I've run for an hour every day and I never get better so it can't be you know it can't just be doing it all the time and he said no but tell me about tell me when you run he said do you actually set yourself 
goals. So, you know, do you on a Monday say, I'm going to be faster than I was on Friday? Or do you actually, um, you know, kind of set goals around certain lengths? Or do you ever try to improve your technique to ensure that you can actually run for a longer distance? Um, or are you just showing up and simply running for the same amount of time each day? And I thought, wow, because for years I've wondered why I never get better at running or swimming or cycling because I literally just, you know, turn up and swim and run and, and cycle. Um, and I thought, wow, well, that, yeah, the one time I did get better at running, I was actually part of a coaching group. Um, shout out to, to Smart Coaching in Port Macquarie and they do exactly that. They say, you know, today we're running 8Ks and you've got to be, you know, you've got to do a negative split or I'll be part of a running group where, you know, you're running 400 metres at one pace and then you've got to run another 400 metres at a faster pace. Um, and they are standing there with the stopwatch making you accountable. And because everybody else is trying really hard, you're not going to be the only person in the group. Now, when someone's doing that with me, I do get better. If I just turn up in my own agenda and no one's keeping me accountable, including myself, I don't get better. So I did think, wow, that's a really powerful thought. Have you had any experience with, with the deliberate practice note notion? I talk to my students about this all the time because exactly the same thing. You can dance every single day mm. and things will look the same in five weeks as they look today. Mm. And it's especially hard to motivate teenage girls after they've had a full day of school and they're, you know, yeah. mood and they've had a fight with their best friend and all of the things. And so when we are practicing, often often at a rehearsal, they'll work a bit harder because it's a rehearsal and we've got a show coming up and they will work really hard and the music will finish at the end of the routine and they'll be on the floor and they'll be huffing and they'll be puffing and they'll really have, you'll really see the physicality of them working that little bit harder. Yeah. And I often say to them, imagine if that amount of effort that you put into that three minutes just then you did every single time you rehearsed it because whilst we have a rehearsal we have one rehearsal that goes for an hour and they may do the routine four or five times um as well as working on technique during that hour they've had an hour a week for 40 weeks in the lead yes. up to that yeah. one rehearsal so what i try and say to them is if you if you're going that hard in week mm. one Mm. In week 40, when we're having the rehearsal, you're not going to be on the floor. It's not going to hurt like it hurts right now because you're going to build up the muscle. You're going to build up the stamina. You're going to build up the strength. Yes. Imagine how good you could be then. Imagine <laughs> if you found that from the beginning all the way through. And sometimes, you know, for some kids, it really, it really resonates and, they, and you see them bring that back to class. But for other kids, you, you know, like you come back to class the next Friday and nothing's changed. No. It's exactly the same. But even just, even just in po like posturally, yes. and, I, and, I, and I think this relates as well to, to, to any kind of work. If you're very present with your posture, whether it's how yep. you're sitting at the computer, how you're standing in, you know, in the meeting, how you're standing at the ballet bar, 
if you're really present in that yeah. posture and really using those muscles and, and being very aware of how you're sitting and how you're standing, that for me is kind of the first indicator and the first step into that deliberateness. If you yes. can be aware of your posture and your stance and where you are in the moment and what you're trying to achieve, I think that really helps as, as kind of a trigger to get you moving forward like into that deliberate practice mode because you you'd find that there's crossover right between you i mean you've only given fitness examples but you'd find mm. that crossover in terms of facebook ads like you, you've got to be coming up to ten thousand hours worth of facebook ads and you can't mm. do that completely numb and on autopilot because you've done a million of them and you know exactly how to do it mm. or you can be really deliberate in terms of of the way that you do it and the way you deliver it in order to get closer to that. Yeah. That practice. And it's that that's right. But I think that's also where the professional, you know, you and I both have a penchant for, for um, professional development, um, which I think is, which also plays into that in terms of, um, and I haven't really put that down to, deliberate practice but yeah I certainly get to a point with my skill levels and trying new things and because obviously marketing has been you know for the last 10 years it's just been an ever-changing kind of industry where there's new platforms and new medias every single day you know so <laughs> once you work out which ones are actually worth kind of pursuing you do have to kind of teach yourself how to use that there's kind of no um overarching education platform that that comes with a lot of this stuff so you you do have to teach yourself and you do um kind of uh navigate your way th through that and then apply your existing knowledge to make sure you're doing the best that you can but then it will get to a certain point where you're like i'm sure you know i need i, I can probably be doing this better or how could i be doing this better and that's where you know that the next level is is probably not so much deliberate practice, but deliberate um, improvement. <laughs> you yeah. Know, so actually, going well, I'm pretty sure that I could be doing this better, or is this the best that I can do? Um, you know, yes, there's a base platform, but I'm pretty sure that that it to, to stand out. And in, and in marketing, it's all about standing out and and kind of um, making sure you are doing things a bit differently to to everybody else. So. Um, it, it is about that kind of continuous improvement. Um, yeah, look, definitely. And, you know, I think both of us are probably at the stage of our career where we've definitely done the 10,000 hours. And, and like for me, it was a couple of years ago that I think it really kicked in and I'm like, wow, actually I, I am good at what I do. I do know my stuff and I have been doing it long enough now to be able to reference so many examples and to be able to say, well, from experience or what I've learned over the years. Um, so I think it's definitely a bit of both. I think it was just that because the fitness thing just resonated with me so much because I'm not probably as ambitious with my fitness as I am with my career. So I'm yeah. very, very ambitious to always be the best in, in what I do career-wise. But with my exercise, I'm like, nah. You know, I just need to actually keep fit and, uh, you know, manage my mental health and, and my, you know, physical health with this. I, I don't need to win races. I'm not trying to be the best runner or be the best swimmer. I'm literally just happy showing up and, um, and keeping fit. 
but it does frustrate me that I can't get better at swimming. So I have been trying to every single time I go swimming to focus on, on a bit of my technique. Nice. And do some of that deliberately. Deliberately. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So we encourage you to think about what you're doing in your daily existence and how you can do it a little bit more deliberately in the hope that you can get closer to your 10,000 hours and an expert status. Is that what he calls it? I can't really remember. It's been so long since I've read Outliers. Um, yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, it certainly insinuates that, that well, yeah, just to, to be the best at, at what you do, um, it's, it requires at least 10,000 hours. Yeah. And I also, while we're talking about this, it kind of reminds me of, um, I heard a, a great keynote at a, at a conference maybe six or seven years ago now that was talking about improvement. So for you, Jane, this is what reminded me of it. You are awesome at marketing and you may do that professional development. I feel like you're already a nine and a half out of 10 for marketing and you go and do professional development and it takes you to like a 9.75 because you're already up there. But swimming, you might be like a five out of 10. Mm. And for, for you to get from a five to a 10 is kind of unrealistic for you to kind of expect that, That's right. that kind of leap. And so getting from five to a five and a half or from a five to a six is okay yes. but it's also not worth if you were to then if you're going to turn around and say okay I'm going to stop marketing full-time and I'm going to go to the pool all and day be an Olympian, day and, be yeah. an Olympian. <laughs> um, and try and get that five from a ten it's really yes. from that five to a ten it's not going to happen so concentrate and focus in your life on the things where you're already you know, seven or above out of 10 and yeah. work on moving yourself from the seven to the eight and from the eight to the nine rather than going, okay, I think I want to be a concert pianist now. I've never played a piano. <laughs> I'm probably a one out of 10. Let but, me rack up my 10,000 hours. Exactly. Because it probably will only take you from a one to a five and you're still mm. going to be five out of 10 for that thing. So it's all about giving the the time and energy and attention and often the financial you know, yeah. backing yeah. things that um, are going to really get you closer to, to your goals and to where you want to be and, and where you're at. That's, of course, if you, unless you hate what you do and, um, and you do want to, to have Mark II of, of your life and start again, but, you know, maybe, maybe you won't get to, well, maybe you will get to the 10. Maybe there are some people out there that if they start now and actually, because maybe they're in something that they haven't loved doing for the last 10,000 hours so, and they want to, to try something new um, that they're passionate about. And maybe if they're passionate enough and they put the 10,000 hours in for the second iteration of their career or whatever, they might, you know, might happen. Guess don't, don't rule us out. Don't, <laughs> don't rule yourself out over, over the age of, of, a, of a certain amount. Actually, there's a MailChimp series and it's called, um, oh, I'll have to look it up and put it in the, the, um, the show, notes. show notes because they referenced it in um, this story workshop and it's at about um, a series of five or six Americans, Mark II or something like that, and it, and it just actually features, you know, six-minute videos of all of these people who, you know, at the age of 50 or whatever decided to stop doing their menial job that they'd done all their life because they had to and actually pursue their dreams of doing what they loved and built these amazing businesses. So, um 
because they love them and, and that's what they'd always wanted to do but just hadn't had the chance until now. So it was quite a beautiful piece of storytelling. Yeah, and that's right uh, up my alley. Very inspiring, yes. <laughs> very cool. We are Miss Bossy Boots. We are so grateful that you listen to us. Please reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook or in our Facebook group. Miss Bossy Boots podcast. If you just search Facebook, but search under groups and you can come and join us all in the Miss Bossy Boots podcast group. And uh, if you're already in there, throw in some, some conversations, some questions. Um, we'd love to, to connect with you. And we're also keen for any topics that we haven't covered because we're coming up to our 100 episodes. Can you believe it? Mm. So we would love to make sure that in that 100, we really, um, we really know that we've covered all the things that our listeners want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Always happy for suggestions of, of new stuff to listen to. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Bye. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 